0: started. Uh, That way we can, uh, the the sooner we start, the sooner we can be done. You guys can get on with your Saturday. Uh, Thank you guys so much for for being here. I know uh, Saturdays are, are tough and and uh, so I really appreciate you guys for uh, taking a few moments to, to sacrifice and, and come out here and, and hang out with us today. Uh, this is what we call Leadership Summit. And Leadership Summit is going to take place uh, every quarter. And so we'll get to do this uh, three more times uh, this year, so this being the first, and then we'll do it three more times throughout the year. So the next one will come up somewhere around April or May, uh, somewhere right around in there. And uh, the purpose uh, for this is so that uh, that we as leaders, every every one of you in here is a leader. Some of you lead a ministry, some of you volunteer in ministries, uh, but we're all leaders. And as leaders, come on in, guys. As as leaders, it is our job to grow. I mean, we we have to be growing as leaders. If we're not growing as leaders, then we won't accomplish anything. I mean, if, if the the adage kind of goes like this, it's that if if you consider yourself a leader and you aren't growing, then you're digressing, and you won't get anywhere, you won't do anything, you'll just cease. I mean, that's, that's just how it goes. And so um, the purpose of Leadership Summit is so that we can come together as church leaders, and we can be poured into, and that we can get a little something extra that we're not going to be able to get on a Sunday morning. I mean, these, these type things are, are things that I'm not able to teach you guys on a Sunday morning, or that Rusty's not able to teach you guys on on a Sunday, and that we can't always get together to do on a regular basis, and so we'll start these leadership summits, and like I said, we'll, we'll do these about four times a year, and then Rusty will tell you a little more about what else is involved with his new role as leadership pastor, but I'll let him tell you guys a little bit about that. I just want to share with you something real quick, and then I'm going to turn this over to Rusty, and then after that, is that my daughter? After that, we'll, uh, that's okay, uh, that means she's breathing, uh, and so a- after that, we'll, uh, we'll break off into our individual teams for just a few minutes, and then we'll go home, so we'll be here for about an hour, hour 20 minutes. Um, let's just, uh, let me jump into this, let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll get started. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, that you have uh, come to us, God, uh, God, that you are with us and near us, and God, we thank you. That God, we pray that in these next few moments, Lord, that you uh, just pour into us, uh, God, that we will hear your voice, uh, God, that we will spring forth fruit in your name. We pray, Amen. Um, I have a Bible verse I want to read you guys and um, then explain a, a little bit to you. Uh, last week on Wednesday, I shared this with our leadership team, uh, our lead team, and um, we talked a little bit about this, and so. You lead team guys are going to get a double dose of some of this, but Second Peter three nine says this. It says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. We hear that verse, and that verse is one of those things that says, "Oh, that's awesome!" Because God wants to see all all men come to know come to know Him. God wants to see all men repent and be saved. And that is true. But what that verse also says is that it also says that uh, because of his slowness to return, what, what he's saying is he's saying that God God's return, Jesus' return to us is being delayed for the sole purpose so that we can share the gospel with others, so that other people can hear the gospel, so that other people can come to know Christ in the same way that you and I know Christ. And because of that, God's tool for taking the gospel to the nations is the church. It's the church. And so that's why I always say that I believe that the church is the hope of the world. Because we as a body of believers, when we come together, we are strong. We are strong. We, we come together because we are the tool that takes the gospel to the nations, to the world, to our community. It's the church. And this verse says that God actually wants our church to grow more than you and I want our church to grow. You think about it for a second. He's saying that, that his return is slow so that all people can hear the gospel. So that all people will be able to hear the gospel. And if the church is the hope of the world, and if it's our job as the church, and if we are the vehicle to take that, then God wants our church to grow more than you and I want our church to grow. Now, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I tell this to our lead team all the time. I say, I, I say this, that... It's not about growing a large church. It has absolutely nothing to do with growing a large church, but it has everything to do with sharing the gospel with every single person that we come across. It has everything to do with that. The result of that, if we're doing that, the result of that is a growing church. It just is. And so, this is going to sound harsh, and it, it is a little harsh, but I've just got to be honest with you. If you aren't interested in growing and being a part of a growing church, then you're going to be in the wrong place. You're, just, you're going to be sitting in the wrong seat. We, as a body of believers, not on purpose, not because we want to have a large church. Again, listen to me when I say that. It's not because we're saying, oh, we just want to have a mega church. has absolutely nothing to do with that. But the more butts that are in seats, the more people that are coming through our ministries, the more people that are coming through those doors means the more people are hearing the gospel. And that means that more people are coming to know Christ. And that should be important to you, that should be important to me, that should be important to all of us. And so, to keep up with that, to be able to be a part of that, to, be, to see God do those things, you and I have to be growing as individuals, as leaders, as disciples. And so, this term leader, it, it, it's synonymous with disciple. A disciple is a leader. In, in the church, a leader is a disciple. They they have to go hand in hand. Rusty will talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. moment. For this year, I shared this with our lead team two weeks ago. We have a sort of a a strategy. I may have actually said this uh, to you guys a couple in a a Sunday message as well, but um, on well I did on January first, I think. Right? Um, We have sort of a strategy that's both corporate and personal, and that strategy is pretty simple. It's three R's: reach. Restore, reproduce. Reach, restore, reproduce. Which fits into our mission and vision as a church, which is we exist so that what? Anybody help me out? No. (laughs) To reflect the gospel so that people far from God will be awakened to life in Christ. Yes, thank you, Jacob. (laughs) We exist... So, so that we can be a reflection of the gospel so that people far from God will be awakened to life in Christ. That's our existence. That's what God has called us to be as a church. That's what God has called us to be as individuals. That's what God has called us to be as disciples. And so in that, reach, restore, reproduce means simply that we, as a body of believers, have to reach out. We, we have to be able to reach. Personally, that means... Oh, let's look at it like this. As a boxer, when a boxer, you know, is, is, you see the stat lines on a boxer. What's one of the stat lines on a boxer? It's his what? Reach. It's his reach. Wh- which means how far can he, you know, how far is his punch going to go, right? Like how, how far will he be? What's the length between him and his his opponent that he can actually reach? And so personally, think about reach like this. What is your reach? What, what, what is your your reach? What is your reach? What... Can you as an individual, what is your capacity? Think about that for a second. What is, what is your capacity? Where are you as a leader? Where are you as a disciple? Are you growing? Are you stagnant? Are you digressing? Where are, what, what is your reach right now? And so this is, when we talk about reach, this is, this is what we're talking about. And so individually, we, again, it goes back to the beginning as what I said before. We as individuals have to be growing. And in order to be growing, per- you, you have to be growing personally. We as, as leaders, your ministry leaders in this church, we have to be pouring into you so that you can pour into others. Pour into the ones that you lead. If you lead in kids ministry, you have to be filled up so that you can be pouring into the, to the kids that you lead. If you lead the band, you have to be filled up to be able to pour into them, to be able to pour into the congregation on Sunday morning. If you, if you teach and preach, then we have to be filled up so that we can pour in. You, you can't pour out something that's empty. It's just dust and worthless if it's empty. And so we as individuals have to be growing. They're the obvious things that you, you guys know to do. We've got to be reading you know we got to be reading scripture we got to be praying we got we got to be doing those things you guys know those things we don't have to talk about those things because we we know those things now whether we're doing those things or not that's another that's another question right and so you have to ask yourself that question am i doing those things to to grow in that way but there are other things that we have to be able to do we have to be able to we have to be able to grow in our area of ministry you know if you're Leading a ministry, then what are you doing to get better at that? You know, are are you are you diving into the curriculum that you have? Are you seeking uh, other input and in, from other places? Are you reading books? Are you reading blogs? Are you you know are you listening to other messages you know online somewhere? Are, are how are you getting your fill? You know, think about those things because those those are the things that are going to grow you. And so that's what that's what reach means personally now. Reach corporately simply means, um, as a church, what is our reach? And, we, and this is the discussion that we, we've had as a lead team as of late. And, and we pretty much settled on this. Our reach corporately is not very far. It's kind of, it's sort of halfway right now. And so we're not, we're not able to fully extend, because there are some things that we have to do as a church, as a body, to be able to get to that place where we're able to fully extend, to impact the community the way that we feel like God has called us to impact the community. Um, One of those ways that that we're talking about right now, and and the thing that I wanted to announce to you guys today, because this is going to have huge implications on every single person in this room, is that in order for us to get to the place where we feel like God has called us to be as individuals and as a body, we have to be able to expand what's happening here on Sundays. And so I don't know, if it, you guys don't know this because we don't talk about this ever. We talk about it in the lead team because this is where, where this matters, but I'll share it with you. Uh, in this room, there are about 110 or fifteen chairs in this room. Okay? And so on this past Sunday, uh, for example... We had a total of 126 people here uh, this past Sunday. That's awesome. That's great because on January 1st, we had 105, I think. On the Sunday after that, we had 107. And then this past Sunday, we had 126. 126 is the second largest non-holiday attendance we've ever had at, at this church. You're know, like, that doesn't sound like a whole lot. It really is in this building. I mean, this building is not as big as it seems. I mean, so that's That's awesome. Given that this time last year, do you know what the number was this time last year, Jacob? 70-something? We've doubled in growth almost. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. And so, here, here's the thing. In this room, as you guys know, if you're in this room on a Sunday, when you sit here, like, for example, on Christmas Eve, we put out a lot of extra chairs, and it was still pretty tight in here. This past Sunday, there were a few open chairs, but if you're a family of, six, and you come in here, there's nowhere for you to sit. You, three of you got to sit over here. Two of you got to sit over there. One of you's got to sit over there. It's getting tight in here. And so the only way that we have, we have two options in order to create space. A, find another building. Anybody want to do that? No, no. no. <laughs> or B, start a second service. And we feel like that we are moving very rapidly toward B is a second option for people to be able to come to here. Now, here's the thing. I've talked to some of, some of us. We, we've had this conversation before about starting a second service, and some of you are like, oh, I want to do a second service. How do we, how do, how do, we do that? We've got to find more volunteers, right? We've got to get more volunteers. Second service, listen, I want want to put you at ease. Second service doesn't mean that you're volunteering twice. Second service actually means that if we can get the volunteers that we need and we have to, that means you actually get to come to church after you volunteer. Now, how good is that? So some of you that are volunteering, especially in kids' ministry, you, you serve for three weeks at a time, maybe even longer on extenuating circumstances or two weeks at a time, and so you miss church and you have to listen to the podcast, I hope. And, and then, and then, and, but you miss church and you, you, don't get, you, know, you don't get to take part in worship and do all of those things, and so you miss out on that. And for a lot of people, a lot of people don't volunteer because of that, because they don't want to miss that. They're like, I don't want to miss church, you know, so they don't volunteer. This actually gives them an opportunity to volunteer in things like kids' ministry, parking lot, you know, greeters, you know, all of those different things that they would love to be able to do, but they're so afraid that they're not going to be able to hear my great preaching every Sunday. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah that was good. Uh, but I'm just totally kidding. But, I mean, and, and so that, that's, that's the deal. But a second service actually allows that to be able to happen. It allows that to be able to take place. Now, here's the thing. You're like, well, I really don't think that we're going to have to go to two services. Easter Sunday, April the 8th, it's coming up very quickly. We have to have two services. Daenerys, how many people you had downstairs last week? 48, right? Counting volunteers? Yeah, forty. it was crazy, wasn't it? We're running out of kids space. Another 10 kids would be very, 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 very bad in our, in our kids space. We're running out of kid space. That's a great problem. That's an awesome problem to have. It's not even a problem. It's a blessing. That's amazing. And so we're actually running out of kids' space a lot quicker than we're running out of adult space because we still got a few chairs. If everybody would scoot in, we would still have a few chairs left over. But come Easter Sunday, there won't be any chairs left over. In fact, if we kept what we have here on Easter Sunday, there would be people standing. You're like, well, that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. Because when people are standing, everybody's looking around going, man, I'd love to invite my friends, but where are they going to sit? I'm going to invite my friends, and they're going to have to come and stand up? Who wants that? You know? Because you have to say, hey, if you don't get here by like you know 9.30, you're going to be standing. And are like, oh, never mind. I'll stay home. <laughs> so I, we'll talk more about this later. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I just want to let you know, April the 8th, Easter Sunday, we're going to—if not sooner, it really—we really really can't do it sooner because we've got to get volunteers in certain areas to be able to do it sooner. But April the eighth, we're going to have to go to two services. That's awesome. That's great. That means that we're growing, and so two services becomes three, and three becomes five, and five becomes ten. Right? That's great. Those are great problems. You guys are like, it'll never happen. Ten, just wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, okay? God's doing amazing things here. I can't wait to see what He continues to do here. These are amazing problems to have, but that means one thing. I told this to our lead team. I'll tell it to you guys because you guys are leaders. This applies to every single one of us. It's go time. We got to go. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta work. We gotta do better. We've got to work harder. We've got to put more time in. We got to put more. Growth into ourselves to be able to keep up with what's going on here, but we should want to do that. We should want to be able to do that because these are great things. I want to tell you two quick things, and then um, I'm going to turn it over to Rusty, and then we'll break off into our teams real quick. Um, we've got two series coming up that I want to tell you about because I want us to get the get the word out about all of these things. Uh, the first series, which will happen February the 12th, so it won't be. We finish up. Uh, What's the series? Losing My Religion. We finish that up uh, tomorrow, and so we'll close that series tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to do a, sort of a, just a standalone message the week after that, and then February the 12th we start uh, a series called Real Marriage. I know I told you guys about this a little bit, but if you've been in kids' ministry, you may not have heard. Um, Real Marriage is going to be uh, uh, probably the, it, it's gonna be the longest series we've ever done. It's going to be the hardest series we've ever done, uh, but I think it's going to be the most fruitful series we've ever done. Um, because I think we all could say that we would all love to have a better marriage, right? No, okay, except for John. Sorry, Julie. Um, okay, John. John said it's so good already that you don't need anything, and he's lying. So uh, we could all get better at our marriage. We could all we, we all want to have a, a we w- we all want to have a fairy tale storybook marriage, don't we? We want those things, and so real marriage is gonna it's, it's gonna help us. Help us get there. I'm not. There's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to be like a magic bullet in this series. But we feel like that the things and the subjects that we're going to talk about when you get home and are able to talk about these things with your with your spouse, then these things are going to they're going to make a huge difference in your marriage. Okay. And so we're going to start that series uh, February the 12th. Right after that, uh, we pick up an Easter. Uh, April 8th is Easter, and um, we start a new series called Questions, and that's going to be a uh, series where we're actually... I changed that, Jason, so I'll, I'll send you the info on <laughs> we, uh, We're going we're to start this new series called Questions, and it's going to be great because uh, you're actually going to get to ask a lot of questions during the service. And you're going to be able to text in your questions on some things, and we're, we're going to take those questions and answer those questions as long as they're not stupid, and... Um, because we'll get some of those, but we'll we'll answer we'll answer some of your questions. Uh, so we're going to talk about things like the the very first message is going to be: Did the resurrection really happen? You know, Easter Sunday. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about topics like um, divorce. Uh, we're going to talk about topics like um, uh, ch- homosexuality and racism. Uh, so we're going to talk about some pretty tough topics. And because these are things that uh, people have questions about, they want to know. Uh, they want to know what does the Bible have to say about this. You tell me. What does the Bible have to say about this? And so we're going to throw those topics out there, and we're going to be talking about them uh, for about four or five weeks in that series called Questions. Okay? So that's all I've got to share with you guys. Again, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more about two services and and how that's going to affect your ministry and what uh, we're going to be doing to um, expand our reach. Okay? And so... Throughout the year we'll talk about restore and reproduce. We'll talk about these things throughout the year, but right now the focus is we've got to get ready. We've got to grow ourselves because our church is growing and we've got to be able to keep up as leaders, as disciples, as believers, okay? I'm going to turn it over to Rusty and Rusty's going to talk to you guys for just a few minutes and then we'll break off into our teams.
1: Woo! Woo! about this does that work okay in case you're wondering why we're using microphones this so that we can get this to the folks who aren't here so we're recording this so so they can have it and that kind of thing Uh, my new role uh, uh, originally was called the technically the executive pastor Uh, nobody ever has been able to exactly figure out what that entailed or meant Uh, it was a cute title though uh, the, uh, but it, you know, it's sort of a catch-all type thing. Uh, Bobby and I did a lot of talking toward the end of last year uh, about my role, what uh, how could I be utilized better, some things like that. Decided we were really going to focus on leadership, and so my new role as quote leadership pastor uh, doesn't really change a whole lot of what I'm doing before, except uh, now also really focusing on gearing up on training and raising up leaders. If you look on the front of that sheet, uh, there's a quote there from from Tom Peters, who's a a leadership author, motivational speaker. says, leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. Uh, In the 17 years that I coached, the best coaches I knew tried as hard as they could to surround themselves with people smarter than they were not with people that they could be smarter than they were, that they could lead and tell what to do. They wanted people, they wanted their assistants to be better at something than they were. Otherwise, they didn't need them. Uh, In leadership, you hear a lot about a term called synergy. Uh, A lot of times they'll tell you one plus one equals three when you start talking about synergy. Synergy. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's more than if you and I decide to work together as a team, we get a lot more out of it than just our con- the combination of the two because you're going to come up with ideas that trigger an idea for me that neither one of us would have ever had before. I wouldn't have had it on my own. You wouldn't have had it on your own. You put the two of us together, and all of a sudden, here comes something that that's better than either one of us could have come up with on our own. So the whole point about leadership is, one, don't do it on your own. Uh, in the church, one of the things we get caught in so many times, it's just easier to do it myself. I can do it myself faster, closer to the way I want it done. I don't have to explain it to anybody. I don't have to invest any time. I can just go get it done. And what we do as leaders, we cheat other people out of becoming leaders. And we sacrifice We save, I guess, a little bit of time on our part and maybe some effort and energy, but we short other people and we short the kingdom of God doing it. Uh, So the the whole thing is today's focus is to surround yourself. Get a team. Don't try to lead a ministry on your own. Don't try to lead a ministry by getting people around you, other leaders. Leading that ministry isn't just telling them what to do. It isn't getting them to follow you. It's getting you to invest in them to rise up that if you're not there, that's okay. It's not a problem. It goes on. Um, Sooner or later, you're not going to be there. I have a friend who constantly tells me none of us are getting out of here alive. (laughs) I mean, you know, we're just not. Uh, and, And Do you really want a ministry to fall apart when you're not there? I have met leaders that are like that. I've met leaders who who want it to be, if they're not there, it can't go on because they feel that increases their value. And that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Okay? So leaders don't create followers. They create other leaders. And that's what we're going to try to to focus on. Uh, Flip over on the next page. And we're going to go through these quickly. And if you have a pencil or pen, check off the box there. Uh, that applies to you as as we go through these. And then when we get through with them, I'll explain them a little bit more. Uh, You're going to have probably characteristics in all of these, in all of these. Uh, There's going to be something in all of these that hits you, and and that's fine. Uh, And it may be that it gets down to sort of being a little bit of a combination. But for most people, you're going to end up falling more into one category than the other. Now, in all honesty, during your leadership growth, that may change. Uh, just as your life experiences, your personal experiences, your uh, just as you go through things, and uh, some things may sort of rotate over, and that's okay. You just have to be aware of that. But look at the, the type 1 leader. Uh, just check those off in the little box if this sounds like you. Excel at conveying a compelling vision. You can you can lay it out there. You can paint a word picture for people to see as to what, this is, what you want the results to be. This is, the way it's, this is where we're going, okay? Uh, they do not invest too much of their energy in the details of the process. If you're not a details person, you get the big picture, you're not too concerned about the little picture. You're a big picture person. This is where we're going. How are we getting there? Don't know, but this is where we're going, okay? Uh, rarely a control freak. You don't have to be in control. Excite others about the way things could be. goes back to the vision thing. Keep people pumped up, pointed in a specific direction, and hopeful about the future. Effective public speaker and a good listener. Proficient at making decisions. You can make that decision. You don't avoid making the tough calls. Uh, You can make the decisions, including the tough ones. Shudder at the notion of compromising their core values. Restless, short attention span, favor action, over-reflection. Let's not think about it. Let's just do it. Once they've made their decision, they often lose interest and begin searching for the next challenge. Their interest is in making good things happen now. Okay? That's a type one leader. And, and these are just some of the qualities. It's not a... a all of them by any stretch of the imagination. But these are sort of the highlights on these. Uh, type two, shuns the limelight in favor of gathering and analyzing mountains of data with which to make the best decision. Enjoys intellectual gamesmanship of crafting scenarios and playing them out to their logical extreme. That's the what if person right there. Well, what if this and what if this? Well, if this happens, well, then this and this and this But if this happens, then this and this and this and this and just really likes doing that even. Enjoys laboring over detailed plans to make sure all the bases are covered. Not vision conceivers and communicators as much as they are vision developers and shapers. I don't know what you want. Tell me what you want. I'll figure out how to get it. Create practical ways to turn ideas into a plan of action and reality. Quite thorough in their explorations. will beat that horse to death. Uh, prone to develop creative and often complex solutions. Almost always over-prepare for meetings. Tendency toward perfectionism. Not driven by emotion. I often sees emotion as a sign of weakness. Uh, their focus on facts, figures, plans, and possibilities often lead others to portray them as insensitive, unemotional, or even robotic they are generally not the people you want to recruit others okay that's type two (laughs) type three they blend vision and personal ability by organizing people around a common cause being with people energizes them and people are energized by their presence After spending time with them, you most likely feel like you've been heard, understood, and loved by a trusted friend. They are upbeat and lovable until they have to sit through meetings. They can also be victimized by their greatest strength, relationships. People-savvy leaders that use their charisma and personality to motivate people and get involved and give it their best shot can find the right people for the right job and knit them into a complementary unit. That's type three. Type four, someone who masters process. Lead people by developing systems around the vision, resources, and opportunities. They build the systems that everyone's contributions, that tie everyone's contributions together. They create new opportunities and solutions that result in breakthroughs. They devise systems that make things run smoothly initiate, coordinate, integrate, facilitate, evaluate, and enhance people's efforts. They dislike conflict. They may downplay the realities and hope that things will work out for the best. Very concrete thinkers, they devote their time to the kinds of practical details that other leaders may ignore. Now, type one is called just for labels, directing leader, Uh, type two, strategic, type three, team building, type four, operational. Here's a mistake that we tend to make. Just, Just natural, I guess, nature is if I'm getting ready to put a team together, I'll put teams together that are people just like me. I'm not going to argue as much. We're all going to get along. We're going to be on the same page. That's another big one you hear. We're all on the same page. You know, you can really we're going to get a lot done. Yeah, if that if that a lot is a very narrow band of things to get done. The truth is, we need to put our teams together that have all four types of leaders. All four. You need you need one of each on a team. You get one of each on a team. Now you start seeing things from different directions. Now you start seeing things from different viewpoints. Now you start building on that synergy. You really magnify and start coming from different directions on stuff. Important to have all four. All four have their strengths. All four have their weaknesses. We won't go into the weaknesses today. I will tell you this. If you're looking for a good book to start out on leadership, especially if you wonder if you're a leader or not, this is a good one. George Barna. Fish out of water. Uh, The fish out of water basically is there are people who who are strong leaders who will argue with you, I'm not a leader. I'm just not me. I'm not not a leader. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes. Essentially, we're all leaders in some form or fashion, on some level to someone. And we short ourselves a lot of times on just how good of a leader we could be because we don't understand our leadership style, things like this. It's a great book to start with. Uh, gets into a lot more detail about each of those types of leaders. You want to take those types of leaders. You want to find out who in your ministry team are those types. Now, I'm not saying if, you have, if you're a group of all ones, well, no, somebody's got to go. You're out of here. It's, no, okay, we've got to find a two and a three and a four. Let's start looking around and talking to people, because we've got to get some better ideas. We've got to get a broader base here. Uh, you know, we can sit around and if you've if you got all ones, you're going to sit around and you're going to come up with some great ideas and you're not going to do jack. You know where you want to go, but you don't have a clue how to get there. Uh, and, and you're not going to get into the details and you're not going to get the people and nothing. You know, if you have all all that people person, oh, it's all great and let's and you're going to do a great job, you're having a good time in meetings, you're going to have great relationships and it's not going to get, ever get outside the room. So if you, you've got all the details persons, then they're going to drive everybody else crazy, and you know, you're going to come up with a million ideas of how to do it, but it's not going to get done. So you, you have to have all four. Okay? So that's the main thing there. Before we break into groups, let me explain one more thing to you real quick about my new role. The whole leadership thing, understand that I'm here for you both individually and as ministry teams. I've sent out some emails already to some people and got some, some great feedback on, on different areas that, that, you know, here's an area of concern I have or here's something I'd like to be a little bit better at, whether it's time management or organization or team building and, and some things like that. Some of you I'll be contacting individually and saying, okay, let's work on this or here's an idea. You know, if it's time management, where are you messing up? What are you talking about time management? Where, where's your weakness? Let's, let's find some ways to work on your time management. Let's, you need team building? Okay, well, here's a start, but now how do you go from here? Um, is this the type of team building you're talking about, or are you talking about more cohesiveness within a team, uh, exercises and things to do to help along those lines? You're not expected to wing it on your own. There is no reason why you should wing it on your own. Uh, You can call me. You can email me. You can see me, you know, while we're here, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday or whatever. But let me know what you need. Reading is great. I I read a ton. I know Bobby reads a ton. I mean, uh, reading is great. But you know what? It doesn't do you any good if you're reading the wrong things. Uh... Every book that I've read with the exception of the Bible has some really good stuff and has a lot of garbage. And you've got to weed through it. I don't know that I've ever picked up a book outside of the Bible that I've read and thought, I love everything in here. Now, there's some books that I've loved just about everything in there. There's some other things that maybe it's just because I'm not smart enough to understand it that I don't take. But, what are the strong points, what are the key points, things like that. Uh, If you're looking for something, I will help you find something toward the area that that you're trying to improve. If you just want time to sit down and talk one-on-one, hey, give me some ideas, how am I doing this? If it's a problem in your ministry, I got this problem, and I'm not real sure how to deal with this. Let's talk about it. I may have an answer for you. I may not, but if I don't have the answer for you, then I'll help, you know, We'll work together and come up with an answer so that you can can move forward and get it done. Uh, ministry is messy. There's a phrase you hear a lot. Leadership in ministry is even messier. It's just hard. Uh, so again, you don't have to do it on your own. Please, please come see me, call me, email me, text me, whatever. And let's figure out. How we can take Ridge Community Church, turn it in to a group of leaders, after leaders, after leaders, that lead Oak Ridge to Christ. That's going to be big. Okay, uh, let's pray, and then y'all can break into your groups. Uh, you know, if you want to work on this, if you know y'all, your group stuff is completely up to you, uh, and then we'll go uh, we'll go from there. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you've done for us, the blessings you pour out on us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be counted on by you. We thank you for the for the blessing of your confidence in us to lead others into your kingdom. And Father, it's it's a big responsibility. That the truth of the matter is if we don't do our part, there are people that are going to go to hell. So, Father, help us to get over the hurdles, whether it's everything from shyness to selfishness, to not understanding, to not knowing how. Whatever those obstacles are, Father, help us to get over those obstacles, come closer to you, to where our heart desires to please you more than anything else. and then show us what that is. Lord, I pray for your favor on this group of leaders. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit. Fill their hearts. Fill their lives. Fill them and overflow through them as they lead others to you. Things we ask in your son's name.